It's the Garden Nerd Tip of the Week podcast, where we spend time chatting with expert gardening guests and we ask for their favorite tip. I'm Christy Wilhelmy. Thanks for joining me. My guest this week, and I'm so excited about this, is Brittany App, professional photographer and documentary filmmaker. Brittany has spent the last few years working on her film, Where There Once Was Water, which dives into the California drought and the quest for a sustainable future. She has circumnavigated the globe by sea twice and has biked across the United States from San Diego to Florida to raise money for water aid. And her award-winning photography highlights her worldly travels. Welcome to the podcast, Brittany. Ah, thank you. (laughs) I am so excited to have you on this podcast. We met like so many of my other guests on this podcast at the Heirloom Expo where you were interviewing speakers for your film we ended up talking for about an hour or so after you turned off the camera yeah (laughs) and and we've been connected via your really wonderful and thoughtfully put together newsletter ever since and so thank you what started your love for photography and your passion for capturing the natural world photography started for me way back in high school Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was kind of during the, uh, 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 you know, that phase in all of our lives where we go, what am I going to do with my life? I'm 17 and I need to know. So I picked the right, you know, uh, what were they alternative classes? And so that I do the right thing in college. And uh, I was always really interested in photography. So that's when it started and then continued in, um, I went to a community college because I was a creative person who was not totally sure about which direction I was going to focus that. And so community college gave me the best opportunity to explore a million different ideas, right? Do I want to paint or draw or build or run a business that then is somehow creative? And so I finally landed on, yes, run a business. Yes, photography. Okay, go. Uh, And over the years, because I knew I wanted it to be my business, I started with weddings and portraits because I knew I could do that. I knew I could make money doing that and slowly build up a business with the end goal of doing broader work around the environment, around agriculture, around, you know, every photographer dreams of shooting for National Geographic, right? Or something like that. Yeah. Um, So I have my own version of that going on now. um, But most of my clients these days are um, businesses and universities and um, events. And so the content that I'm photographing can, can span a rather wide swath. But my favorite work really comes down to agriculture and environment and kind of the intersection between those two. So, yeah. Right. And you made a really big life change recently, moving off grid. And <laughs> I, I'm dying to know more about this move and your impetus behind it. Yeah. Um, well... I now live in the Carrizo Plains, which some folks will know because some folks know the Carrizo Plain National Monument, which is about a quarter of a million acres. And this area is the, I hope I say this accurately, the largest preserved grassland in California. So I have wild pronghorn that'll go trotting past my fence Oh my God. And there's big herds of tule elk that still live out here and roam happily on the plains. And we have 
a very healthy population of the endangered um, giant kangaroo rats. There's quite a few endangered species that are very happy here, but there's not much other habitat left for them elsewhere. Um, it takes me over an hour to get to any sort of town or any sort of gas station or any sort of anything. anything. Um, wow. So I'm really rural and I am off grid and I'm in a tiny little house and the decision to be out here, I think it's been a dream a long time coming. And it was one of those weird, as the universe does, you know, right time, right place. Here is the manifestation of your dream. Ta-da! <laughs> uh, nice. However, uh, uh, that, that ta-da happened on March 13th. I got my keys on, oh. and oh I closed escrow. On March 13th, and then, as we all know, uh, we all got told to stay at home and not go anywhere on March 17th or 18th or something. So it has been the weirdest time and the most wonderful time to be a homeowner. Before this, I was living in a travel trailer and doing house-sitting and, you know, long-term, like, woofing and kind of moving around very much, very much a, a gypsy lifestyle for about a year and a half. Um, before all of that, I, I had a husband and a normal house and a, and a more normal looking life. But that is, that is part of what inspired me to be where I am. It's been a, it's been a complete rebuild. It, Got it. Fits. it feels really good. And uh, life out here is a challenge, which I like. So yeah, did answer your- <laughs> it, it, did, it did. It did. <laughs> it did answer. It did, it did answer my question. Uh, can you describe, cause you have, you have animals. You mentioned the ducks before we started recording. Can you describe your homestead a little bit? Yes. The homestead is, is happening slowly but surely. I'm on two and a half acres. It's a little tiny square plot. Um, the California Valley subdivision out here, I believe it's called, is a bunch of little 2.5-acre parcels in perfect little squares. It's flat. It's dry. It's hot. Um, it is an alkaline sink. Um, so that means I have groundwater, (laughs) but it's really salty and I can't drink it. It's not safe to drink because of the total dissolved solid, uh, rating and also excess selenium and nitrates and things. So there is a bit of a challenge with the water, but, uh, all that being said, the animals seem to be doing fine, uh, with all of that. I have ducks. I have seven ducks. I raised them from when they were little teeny tiny they shouldn't be allowed to be that cute right (laughs) an animal should not be allowed to be that cute but ducklings are it and they were my quarantine buddies so I brought them home the the first day I finally went to town after you bought a house now stay there um it had been two or three weeks and I went to town and I came home with seven little ducklings (laughs) so they just started laying eggs a few days ago and it is it's it's big times out here on the uh the Cariso homestead and I now have a livestock guardian dog she's a rescue and she's part of the dream as well and we kind of found each other right right when we needed to so she protects the ducks and me and uh I had a herd of sheep out here for about three months um on loan uh to work as lawnmowers right and do a little bit of carbon sequestration here on the property so they knocked down all the grass and fertilized the uh the acreage and then they went back to uh their human so long term i plan to have sheep and or goats here and do a very miniature scale uh rotational grazing 
plan. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, you know, maybe two or three sheep, maybe two or three little pygmy goats or something, but it's kind of a itty bitty ranch is what's happening out here. So it's oh, fun. Exciting. I'm so excited for you to be on the, the it's not really the beginning of your journey because we're what, six months in, but still you're at this progress. It's, it takes a while. It can take years to get a homestead going. So I'm, I'm excited for you. Well, thank you. Thank and you. you're I'm learning lots. That's for sure. Yeah, you are. I'm sure it's a, it's a crash course. I'm, I imagine. <laughs> and it's been very hot and you've been posting photos from recent fires that have been going on yeah yeah we've had 13 we've had 13 fires christy out just out here in the carrizo it's insane not too long after i moved in the first significant fire that we had genuinely terrifying because i saw it kind of yonder and then i saw it getting closer and closer and closer and bigger and closer and just coming straight at me. And the grassland fires just move fast, right? Because they have all of this dry standing grass and nothing in their way. And they can move across the landscape at 30 or 40 miles an hour if there's wind to push them. And I had not been out here long and I had obviously not been out here for a fire and, and the sheep were doing a good job, but they hadn't eaten down all the grass yet. So I hadn't yet earned an A plus on my fire preparedness because we were in progress on that. <laughs> um, so I was packing to evacuate and also I'm a photographer. And when the news comes to your doorstep, <laughs> you have to photograph it. I'm like, well, Hey, the Tribune's not out here. So I'll take pictures for them. Um, KSBY isn't out here, you know? So I, I, I was packing, hyperventilating, photographing as the, you know, the planes are dropping their fire retardant, like way too close. I didn't even need my telephoto lens. It was, it was terrifying, but yeah, I was really lucky. And the firefighters are just amazing. I can't say thank you to them enough. There was a ground crew just the next street over um, from where I am. And everything out here is where I am is dirt roads. So they, they were kind of establishing a line there. And there's not a lot of houses around me because I'm in the part of the Carrizo that does not have power poles, right? So most folks out here are connected to PG&E power poles. I'm off grid, which means I've got a little bit more space because only us wackadoodles want to be off grid. <laughs> That's right. That is so right. <laughs> us wackadoodles. But but it's you know so you're is this Carrizo um, land in technically San Luis Obispo area? Yeah, just for it's those the far know. eastern San Luis Obispo County. So the mountains to the east of me, where the San Andreas Fault runs at the base of those mountains, that's kind of the divide between San Luis Obispo County and Kern County. Okay. So you go just over the Tembler range and then you get to all of the oil fields near Taft and, and that's all Kern County. Well, this is the perfect segue into your film, Where There Once Was Water. Uh, I want to talk about that because I think environmental issues have sort of been buried under the COVID-19 issue lately. And it is really easy for people to forget that we're still dealing with drought on a daily basis as evidenced by the fires that are going on and really all over the world. So tell us about the film and what you've created here. Yeah, Where There Once Was Water is like a really long rain dance. I love it. (laughs) I've been working on it for about five years. We are genuinely very close 
to being finished now. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. It is getting brighter every day. We're in the final stages of post-production, which feels great. Yes. Um, and it's been interesting to watch the story develop. This is my first feature-length film, and I admittedly cast a very wide net at the beginning and then had to reel myself in multiple times. Like, okay, what? You can't tell all the stories, Brittany. Mm -hmm. The only topic that you could have chosen that would be bigger would be God. So let's, (laughs) you know, reel it in. I decided to focus on California and I decided to focus on solutions and specifically in agriculture because we use 70% to 80% of our water globally to grow our food and we all need to eat. It made sense to me to ask, well, then how can we grow our food in a way that uses less water. And then that led me, turns out, to the soil. So you can't talk about water without talking about soil because if you don't have healthy living soil, it can't hold on to water and then you can't grow food. Exactly. It's just been a fascinating journey and really has found me more hopeful than when I started the project because there are already so many people who are doing these things and practicing these methods of agriculture that work and they're able to measure soil health improving year after year, whether it's through holistic planned grazing with large herds of cattle or a chicken tractor in your backyard, you know? I mean, it's it's incredible on every scale, a difference can be made in the way that the soil can hold on to water. And it's all about like healing our water cycle and healing our own relationship with our water. Because if we just cruise around like, oh yeah, faucet, turn it on, water comes out. Right. Then we don't have a relationship that is going to last, right? And that water's not going to last. And it's definitely not going to last if we don't have any sort of relationship with it. So the film kind of hits on those those pieces of a very big puzzle, right? The, you could make 500 different films about water. Yeah, and the and particularly in California with the farming community, the the water issue is so complicated and diverse yes. and yes. it's not just about water rations and right. agricultural practices, it's like politics and a bunch of other it's like crazy and right. environmental stuff. So right. yeah, it's huge. And so you touch on you decided to focus on that niche in there, which is very important because as you said, pretty much we are the salad bowl. California is the growing Mecca for most of the country's food. So we do, mm-hmm. I think people need to pay attention to it, even if it's in, you know, like, oh, it's not just California. It's basically our food supply, period. Right. Uh, so that's like, a big... Do you enjoy salad? Do yeah. you enjoy <laughs> almonds or milk or wine or so many vegetables? We grow most of them here. Artichokes, garlic. Oh, yeah, you know, they don't all stay here. that's cute although if you are a home gardener it does which is great uh so i you know it's funny you mentioned that you feel more hopeful since working on this film i was going to ask you has anything positive come out of your experience making the film so far yeah I mean, the more you learn, the less you know, but also the more you learn, potentially, for me anyway, the more hopeful I can be, right? I didn't know that there was an entire network of ranchers managing their large herds of cattle in a way, specifically 
to grow little tiny microbes in the soil. That just warms my heart. That's amazing because, and especially when it comes to the cattle, because I think they can get a really bad rap. And if managed poorly are doing a whole lot of damage, right? To, as far as water pollution, soil pollution, animal welfare and health and all of the things. But it's so nice to know that there are really happy, healthy cows out there doing really good things for the soil and the water and the planet and the carbon sequestration and all of it. Like that just, that was a total surprise to me and, and brought me so much joy. And just knowing that there are already so many people who are doing things that are working. It's not like we have to reinvent a wheel. The wheel's already spinning and we just need to connect the pieces and, and, and reach out and listen to maybe they are new ways or maybe they are old ways that are coming back up for a reason visit you know yeah. so it's easy to be <laughs> it's easy to look outside and go huh I wonder what the AQI rating is today because I still can't really see those mountains very well is it the apocalypse maybe <laughs> um, <laughs> or maybe we get another shot at this and we can do this way better I so, like the sound of that yeah uh, that's great um, I'm curious because you mentioned there you discovered some organizations that were helping to train people to do this or, or unite people together under this common cause I know of CalCan which is yeah trying to get, you know, they raise money to try and give funding to farmers and ranchers so that they can, to bridge the gap between that transitionary period where they have to convert to a different kind of agriculture or a different yes. kind of ranching. Were there other organizations that you, uh, were, you know, engaged or learned about? Yeah. Um, CalCan is an amazing group and specifically for what you mentioned, and they have so many grants available and around, you know, water use on the farm, carbon sequestration methods. I mean, they're A plus. Um, specifically for the ranching is the Savory Institute. Yes. And they have a hub here in California and that's the, that's the ranch I visited and they are highlighted in my film, the Jefferson Center for Holistic Management. But they have hubs all over the world and they are specifically working in these dry grassland and desertified areas that are appropriate for grazing and trying to mimic the behaviors of ancient grazing herds with modern day livestock. So there used to be giant herds of pronghorn or elk or bison or you name it, tromping, eating, peeing, pooping, just enough and moving on. And that's what kept the grasslands healthy. Right. And so we can't quite do that anymore, but we can do our best with what we have. So the Savory Institute is really working with livestock and with, with herds globally in that way through their hub farms so that it remains appropriate for the, the location. Right. I would say also the, the biodynamic folks. Um, those who are Demeter certified or working towards that biodynamics is fascinating. And the idea is, I mean, it kind of takes all of the things and puts them together because they incorporate the holistic plant grazing. They incorporate a lot of permaculture principles and it's all in one. And then the, the folks I highlighted in my film around biodynamics is Tablas Creek winery, uh, Tablas Creek Vineyard here in the Paso Robles area. And they just became regenerative certified. It's a brand new certification. So I think they're the first winery that's gotten this regenerative certified. They have a 
significant herd of sheep that they run um, on the property. Yeah, they're biodynamic certified. They're just, they're all the things, you know, they're leading by example. And then anyone who's practicing permaculture, as you know, or, or it, it's just, it's a fascinating world out there and really hopeful to someone like me who's poking around everywhere trying to find what's working. Where, where is the hope? Oh, it's here and here and here. Oh, yeah. well, that's great. That's... <laughs> Look at all these rock stars, like saving the planet. That is very cool. And thank you for creating something inspiring for people to watch in a time when it's so difficult to just get on right now. So thank you for that. The timing feels kind of cosmic, right? Because I thought this film would be done two years ago, Christy, if we're being honest about it. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I'll make a film in two years. No problem. Um, turns out that's not how that goes, but I think 2020 is the right time to release a film about hopeful solutions when it comes to water and food and our, our climate and our planet. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If, if there's one thing that COVID illustrated or highlighted is all of the stuff that's not working in our world. So it's great that this has come of it. So it is tip time. Do you have a favorite tip that you would like to share with the Garden Nerd audience? I do. I think it's a pretty simple one, but also profound. And it is to just be aware of your water and where it comes from. So we talked about relationship earlier. Create a relationship with your water. Find out what watershed you live in. Find out where that water that comes out of your tap comes from all of the steps it has to go through to get to your home. And just by doing that, I think you will find a much greater appreciation for the water. Also know that energetically, the water will carry what you give to it, right? So this is getting a bit woo, but there's a scientific study that shows that water crystals that have been given love are these beautifully formed crystals. And water crystals that have been yelled at are, are a mess, so it's all, it's all part of just realizing that water is genuinely a magical substance that brings us life and it deserves our respect and it deserves a, a relationship. And if we have one, I think that can only make everything better. So that's a fantastic tip. And what is the, do you know, the, the native American phrase that, you know, that is water, water is life. Mini Wachoni. Thank you, Minnie Wachoni. That is it. I don't know if I said it perfectly. <laughs> it sounds like you did. I've heard it before, and that's the way Minnie I've heard it pronounced. Wachoni, water yeah. is life. Water yeah. is life. And it really, I mean, the, the relationship, our relationship to water is pretty much life or death. <laughs> so, yeah. so there you go. Yeah. It, absolutely it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think about, there's a phrase, and I don't remember who said it originally, but we, we owe our lives to six inches of topsoil and the fact that it rains. Yes. <laughs> that is it. Yes. So there you go. Well, thank you so much for sharing that tip, Brittany. And thanks for being a guest on the Garden Nerd Tip of the Week podcast. Oh, you are so welcome. And thank you so much for having me. Of course. Now, how do people find you? The website for the film is the best place where there once was water.com. Mm-hmm. My photography website is appsphotography, 
com. That's A-P-P-S. Like there's an app for everything. That is my real last name, as ridiculous <laughs> as it is. I'm on Instagram if you want to follow my bizarre adventures out here in the Carrizo Plain. I'm, I'm posting pretty regularly on Instagram. Brittany App. Just look for my name. And if you like videos of ducks and wide open vistas, that's your that's your spot. So yeah, those are those are the best ways, I would say. Awesome. All right, garden nerds, you'll find links to Brittany's photography website at gardennerd.com this week. And we're also going to share the trailer from Where There Once Was Water and the website for the film itself, where you can sign up for her newsletter to find out when there will be a showing near you after it goes through the 2021 film, you know, festival circuit. God willing, there is one. (laughs) Um, And all right. Well, that's it for this week. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. Visit us for tons of free gardening information at gardennerd.com. Show your support for this podcast and the other free stuff on Garden Nerd by becoming a Patreon subscriber. You'll find us on Instagram and Twitter under Garden Nerd One, on Facebook as gardennerd.com, and of course, our Garden Nerd YouTube channel. Happy garden.